Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Straight Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, SES Vince. And you you already know the drill. When we're here talking about NBA basketball, I'm here with my co-host, Basharat. Bash, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, Vince. How are you? How am I doing on the intro to the name? Like, am, am I getting yeah. the pronunciation? Yeah, Basharat. You got it. Basharat. Perfect. Yep. There you go. Uh, before we get started, uh, obviously, we're here to talk about the NBA this is opening night. Lakers are getting their ass whooped right now by the late by the Golden State Warriors. Currently, as we speak, shocking <laughs> upset, shocking, shocking results. But uh, I want to remind everyone to go ahead and wherever you consume all your audio podcasts, you go ahead and search up SES Vince or Straight Talk. Give this episode or any episodes a download, subscribe, five star rating if you're listening to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. The works it really helps out the show. Bosh, we're going to be doing a few uh, NBA uh, standings predictions. We're going to be starting off with the Eastern Conference. It's going to be the recording for this episode. Then the following episode will be the Western Conference. And we'll be dropping both of these co- collectively. They'll be coming, it be dropping together. So you guys can go ahead and pick which conference you prefer and then go ahead and listen to the other one. They'll be dropping literally it'll be Wednesday, the 19th. And then we'll be doing... Team previews for teams, obviously, as you can see, the merch around me. You got a little Benny the Bull back here. You got my jersey hanging in the Raptors since no one can wear a number six anymore. I caught me uh, lacking, man. I didn't wear any of my NBA gear. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it was the last minute thing. It was the last minute thing. We, um, we have plenty of time to do such to, to, to do that. So uh, we'll be going into that with some of these teams, uh, specifically the Bulls. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Toronto Raptors. We're going to be collaborating with uh, – Ryland from Wednesday Night Wallop. So uh, we'll be we'll be having a few episodes. If your favorite team isn't being talked about extensively enough, reach out to me at SES Vince on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll probably talk about your team then and go into a in-depth. But uh, with that being said, Bosh, let, let's kick things off. And um, like I said, we're going to be starting with the Eastern Conference. Let me pull up the, the rankings right here. How's that look on your end? Can you can you see that? Yeah. Well, all right, yeah. perfect, perfect. So as we can see right here, all the Eastern Conference and Western Conference teams, and we're just gonna go logo by logo, man. We're just gonna start off with uh, the defending champions from two years ago with the Milwaukee Bucks, and you can see the the numbering right here. And where do you think the Bucks are? Obviously. They were probably one Chris Middleton injury away from actually making it to the finals, if not winning the whole damn thing. You can make an argument that they yeah, would have been in the Golden State. I mean, they won seven games with the, uh, with the Eastern Conference representative in the Celtics. So mm-hmm. that definitely was a series that you feel you felt like Milwaukee probably could have taken even without Middleton. But definitely with Middleton, it could have uh, swung the other way. Exactly. So uh, – what, what's where are your thoughts? I feel like they're obviously like in the top three, top four. Yeah, I think with the East, it's it's funny because yes, the East is uh, excuse me a lot stronger uh, than normal, and uh, people love to say you know the Eastern Conference is so much tougher, and that is very true. 
But the difference between the East and the West that I see is that the Eastern Conference strength is more bunched up in the middle. It's those teams in the middle that are really hard to kind of define. Whereas I think there's a pretty clear top three here. And yeah, Milwaukee's in that top three. Mm -hmm. Um, If it wasn't for the injuries. So Middleton is still out. They say, quote unquote, a few weeks was the last update. Who knows what that means? That's a few weeks before he rejoins the team, not necessarily a few weeks before he returns to game action. Mm-hmm. So he could be out until the new year, you know, for all we know. That's, yeah. you know, that's a little more than a few weeks away. If you account for ramp up time and, and you know, getting back in game shape, he may not be back until January 1st at the earliest. So you have that uh, just recently, Pat Connaughton um, with Middleton out uh, and with a little bit less depth than some of the other contenders. Every injury kind of counts here. Pat Connaughton is a calf strain. He's out at least three weeks. Um, and then we'll see about, you know, calf strains. Any muscle injury mm-hmm. is always tricky. They usually require um, careful management so that they don't reoccur or cause, you know, uh, an issue in the rehab that, that delays the return of the player. So I think that's a bit of a concern. You know, Giannis is going to go all out. I think that the strength of the East up top is, is really good in the, in those top three. So I kind of think Milwaukee will be third in those top three. And that's really only because of the injuries. I think, um, Boston has some similar issues, but you know, they're, they're a bit deeper and, uh, Giannis is definitely going to push for it, but I think they'll be third in the top three. What do you think? I I like what you're thinking here, man. Like they're more of a veteran savvy team. And obviously with the Middleton injury to start off the season and the way things ended last year, they're going to be more uh, conscious about making sure their guys are ready and healthy to go. But when we're in June, like April, May, like that's when it's important to them. They strike me as a team that's not going to really care too much about the regular season. Just Giannis out there can probably win you a game by itself on a regular regular night. So I'm with you. They're a top three. Let's leave them right now for number three. And again, for the listeners out there, in case I wasn't clear enough, this isn't the rankings of who, like a power ranking of who we think are the best teams. These are like the rankings in terms of the standings, where we think they're going to land in the standings. Right. This is the final conference standing pr- prediction right here. Right. Uh the actual uh, Eastern Conference uh, representative from last year, the Boston Celtics, they have a lot of turmoil, obviously, with the Ime Udoka situation. And then you have Ro- uh, Robert Williams missing time to start things off. But, like, obviously, this is this is being recorded after the their first regular season game versus the Philadelphia 76ers, we'll, we'll talk about next. But Boston Celtics, man, where, where do you where do you think they, they land? Are they – those are the – is the, are they one of the top three teams that you're mentioning? Oh, most definitely. I think that's obviously a given being the Eastern Conference champion, defending Eastern Conference champions, and also the general strength of their team. Um, I think we saw tonight that their defense, even without Robert Williams III, is extremely strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, I mean, they, they lost Danilo Gallinari, who, you know, the Bulls were looking to pick up and Boston kind of stole out. Um, and it was devastating because it's an ACL injury at that age. Um it's a year regardless, which means he's he's out for the season. Maybe he can come back for the playoffs. That's highly doubtful. Um, and Robert Williams III is also concerning um, because the latest update I saw said something from Sham said that they're looking that for his return to be in the second half of the season. That's pretty concerning. You thought maybe he'd miss a month or two. Um, right. But no, apparently he, he may not be back until the second half. So they are still a very deep team. Uh, you know, they picked up Brogdon. They they now have White for the entire year. 
Um, their defense, as we saw tonight against Philly, is still top-notch, even without a potential defensive player of the year in Robert Williams III. I just think uh, with the injuries and as time goes on, that kind of depth um, will be tested. Um, and Al Horford playing extended minutes at center will be tested. So I think uh, I would put them in at second. Okay, second is uh, it's pretty high to be honest. Uh, it is high, but you know, and you know, with, with before the Ime Odoka situation, which honestly they they may use as a rallying point, but before the Ime Odoka situation and before the injuries cropped up, um, probably would have been in strong consideration for the top record. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll put a pin on this, one yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go yeah. from there. Let's move on to the next team that we have on our list, Bosh. Because I'm not disagreeing with you here, but like I think once we start adding more teams on the board, we'll be able to like move things around. Right now, definitely like, when I when I made my list, it, I definitely made the entire list and was like, wow, there's a lot of uh, a potential fluctuation in here where there's not much separating your evaluation of where these teams are going to land at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, the next team, the Philadelphia 76ers, the team that was defeated by the Boston Celtics in the season opener, the very first game of the regular season. Where do you picture them going? Are they the final third piece of the top three in your uh, eyes? They certainly are, in my in my opinion. I think that definitely uh, leads to uh, a pretty easy guess as to where I'm putting them. Now, we have to remember, last year, um, they picked up Harden pretty late. Uh, they, they played without, you know, obviously Ben Simmons. Uh, in the Harden trade, they lost uh, their depth and their shooting in Seth Curry. Uh, they lost current bull Andre Drummond. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah. so, and then, uh, they also didn't have the three point pickups. marksman, Andre right. Drummond. <laughs> yeah. Right. All of a sudden, uh, who know, who knew that they lost Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, like all that three point shooting, Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, jokes aside, uh, they did add, you know, a good three point, uh, shooter and defender off the bench in, uh, uh, Daniel house. Uh, they have PJ Tucker, who's a very strong three point shooter, especially from the corners. Didn't quite hit too many in this game, but I think that'll, He'll, he'll be around his, his uh, career averages as the season goes on. They also added a really good off-the-bench piece who can uh, shoot a little, run point, uh, play decent defense in DeAnthony Melton. And I think a full season of Harden, and most importantly, the comfort of Maxi, who's no longer going to be you know this kind of breakout young player, but kind of someone who knows his place in the team and will be a starter right away, uh, will look to have the ball in his hands a lot more. As we saw in the second half tonight, when Philly initially fell down, you know, by significant, uh, uh, by a significant margin, double digits in the third quarter, it was when they started running that downhill Maxi and Bead pick and roll that they really started to come back. And I think uh, Tyrese Maxi is really going to be more comfortable as the year goes on. Harden can kind of pick and choose his spots more. He came out. I was encouraged with what I saw of him in the first quarter and even in preseason. He doesn't look like a daisical or out of shape. He his three point shot was hitting. His step backs were working. Um, he was able to drive for the basket, didn't look quite so out of sorts as to what to do when he did that. I think he looks comfortable with Embiid and Maxi. So that's why I think they have no major injuries here. And while you can see them certainly giving rest to players like Harden and Embiid to make sure they're healthy for the playoffs, I think that they added enough depth and have enough improvement from their young pieces that we can see them steal that top spot considering the the issues that Boston and Milwaukee will be dealing with to open the year. Yeah, man. Um, so if you, if you, if, if I had to ask you right now, then, so like, uh, so where, where are we leaving Philly? 
Right. I, I'm putting them at the top spot in the East. It's kind of a okay. stretch just because of how strong Boston was last year and is already been this year. Um, and because, you know, Milwaukee is as solid as they are with Giannis, you know, perennial MVP uh, candidate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do think that their depth, their health going into this year and the fact that they did so well last year mm-hmm. with such a depleted roster, I think they're going to be very focused and I think they'll take that top spot. All right, we'll see. Like right now, like I like obviously like spoilers right here, but I do have Philly right now as my number one seed going into ne- into this season. Okay, cool. All, I really thought I thought we might have a difference there, but that's no, a, no. Yeah. So okay, despite how much I may critique and, <laughs> and question Doc Rivers as a head coach, James Harden, Joel Embiid, they're enough to like get that number one seed. I think Joel Embiid is going to be on the mission to win that MVP. Uh, award that he's been you can argue was robbed of last year and maybe certainly like... very very close and if, if uh you make the argument of like Nikola Jokic definitely had like a, a statistical advantage in pure stats over Embiid as an argument but I think narrative always factors into the MVP race and I definitely understand the frustration of Philly fans who felt like Embiid was so close statistically that the narrative should have given him the MVP uh, given that Jokic has also won one but Jokic was definitely a deserving MVP but you can certainly argue for Joel like you just said yeah definitely so um, I think that's going to propel them to try to get that number one seed Tyrese Maxey you add a guy like a PJ Tucker I'm Curious to see how Tobias Harris is going to play as the starting small forward alongside a PJ Tucker, but this this team has some length. It has still has some defense versatility, and it, it again we go back to Tyrese Maxey. If he takes a leap, this team can be very good and very dangerous. And, and what, right, I don't know if you saw from him in that first game, it was pretty impressive. I mean, he was uh, pretty smoothly rising up to drill three pointers and pull ups uh, off the dribble or off the catch. Uh, he was really good attacking downhill. He wasn't quite as out of control as last year. I was impressed with his uh, pick and roll that he ran with Joel as well. Yeah. So there was a lot of positives there. And despite the fact that they took that out to the Boston Celtics. Right. And the Boston Celtics, even without a Robert Williams, does look like it has a lot of depth. Like, and you saw that in that first game. Yeah, so that was right now, first game. So right now, this doesn't look half bad. I Initially, I had the Celtics as fifth. But then after watching tonight's game, like, granted, it's recency bias. And I was just swayed by one game. But you forget <laughs> how deep the Boston Celtics was. I took them a yeah. little bit for granted. I, I I underestimated how good they actually are. Especially, I don't know. I thought the IMA Udoka stuff might have like impacted them a little bit more than they did. It actually clearly did on tonight's game. It might as the season goes on, you know, right. uh, you know, because IMA Udoka definitely brought that team together or held them together as they went through a lot of turmoil early in the year last year. And you don't know how how the team will respond uh, this year under the same situation as the season goes on. But like you said, the depth is incredible. Uh, and they're going to have uh, Derek White for the entire year. They have Brogdon, uh, you know, even without Gallinari. That's some good additions to an already deep team. Almost would be Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to the team that P.J. Tucker left, the Miami Heats. And... I have a love-hate relationship with the Heat because I love them during the Dwayne Wade years because I supported him so much. He's one yep. of my top three favorite players, given that he's a Chicago-born guy as well. 
and his style of play, his, his like fiery competitiveness, especially exactly. going against LeBron those days. I really oh for sure. Obviously, I took a bit of a step back on my fandom with the Heat, with the Heatles, the Big Three, with LeBron. Everyone seemed like a bandwagon yep. there. Once they left, and then now this iteration of the Jimmy Butler Miami Heat team, I really love. There's guys like uh, Kyle Lowry. Unfortunately, his age and wear and tear does seem to be a factor. They lost to P.J. Tucker. who's going to be a crucial part for them, a crucial piece that they're going to sorely miss. They extended a Tyler Hero, who unfortunately can't play defense, so we'll see how that goes. He right. has to start now, given the money they gave him. Jimmy Butler, Bam. I love Bam. I, offensively, I feel like he would have taken a, a bigger step forward than he actually has. How do you feel about the, these Miami Heats? Are they are they in your top four? Are they a little bit lower? Are they more of a playing team? Or are they like right there at the top six? So I think uh, I, I'm consistently, you know, in the in the Jimmy Butler era, I have been uh, underestimating them from what they perform, especially last year. Last year was was a hell of a year for them, even considering what happened to some of the other contenders. Um, but I do think that. Losing uh, PJ Tucker hurts. They didn't really replace him. They didn't make any additions, really. Like you said, they they gave Hero the extension. He's going to be a starting uh, a starting player now. Uh, you know, they kept uh, Caleb Martin, which was good. I wanted the Bulls to go after him, and mm-hmm. they still have you know Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, that like deep end of the bench. Um, that's that's talented down the roster. They kept Oladipo, but there's a bit of a question mark there because he seemed to have another knee issue the other day uh, at the end of preseason. Uh, some uh, in the in in the opposite leg from the one that was hurt before, but it's a uh, tendinopathy. Apparently, he could right. be out. You don't know how he's gonna, you know, respond to coming back. Uh, that could make them a little bit thinner. Kyle Lowry, like you mentioned, is up in age and already had kind of a pretty down year last year. I do expect him to have a better year, but I don't know how many games in the regular season you can count from him. Uh, Bam had some injury issues last year, so yeah, I do think, I think that the other contenders. Uh, at the this is again this is part of that big middle we were talking about where the East is so deep and in my opinion that's mostly in the middle of the conference that is that is like just just a step away from being a contender and there's a lot of teams in that range Miami's one of those and I think it'll be close and I, I can definitely be faulted for underestimating them again I have them and this is going to sound really low I have them seventh seventh okay. Yes. And 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 part of this is wishful thinking, right? Uh, because when you when you see uh, how the rankings shake out, that'll that'll become clear. But um, yeah, I have Miami at seventh. I I really was gonna put them at sixth, but I think uh, a little bit of a uh, hometown bias may have may have uh, shifted my my ranking there to put them seventh. <laughs> uh, dude, I don't <laughs> don't be don't be uh, apologetic, man. My my hometown bias kind of like swayed my standings as well. <laughs> but I, I'm with you on the Miami Heat, man. It, this I don't know if this is boring for listeners or not. The fact that we agree on so many things, but I do feel like the the lack of a PJ Tucker. You have guys like a Tyler Hero and, and the Duncan Robinson. They're going to struggle defensively. Uh, a Bam Adebayo can give you only so much offensively, right? And there there's. Jimmy Butler's older, Kyle Lowry's older. Like, granted, I think Eric Spolstra is probably the best NBA coach currently in the NBA. Yeah, he's remarkable. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and then and, and makes this team like a solid 500 level team, a top four team. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this is how like the over under with the Miami Heat are. The, I could honestly, realistically, see them. 
be the anywhere from number one all the way to number eight. Because yeah, you know what? That's that's so true. Like you can easily see them taking the top spot again just based on how consistently they they kind of overachieve from their lower end roster players and find pickups at the end of the bench and how much players like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo just push consistent winning in the regular season. But then again, you look at the other teams in the conference and would I be shocked if they were eighth and having to play two playing games? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, no, me either. Me either, honestly, man. So I think right now you said seven. I'm going to leave them six. Okay. I'm going to leave them six right now. Yeah, and we'll see we'll, how the rest uh, of the shakes uh, And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go, to, go to the next team. Cleveland Cavaliers, probably the one of, if not the biggest move this offseason. They acquired Donovan Mitchell. They have arguably four all-star level players on their team. As we speak, I think these are this is one of the teams. It's a lot to be to maybe even get home court or like get at least top six. I don't think there's any question, unless injuries knock on wood, that Cleveland doesn't get in the top six. I think they're arguably a top six team. You have Darius Garland, who became a once a first time All Star last year. You have a Donovan Mitchell, who, who kind of fills the need that they needed last year because they needed a go to guy, another one, another guy that can create his own shot off in the perimeter and help Darian Scarlett out. And that could have been the Colin Sexton. And they just upgraded tremendously right. with the Donovan Mitchell. Their one, their one weakness or their one glaring hole to me is that starting small forward wing position. Can they get enough from Isaac Okoro to really make this team deadly? Because you have an Evan Mobley, you have a Jared Allen, you got guys like a Rico Rubio, yeah, they got Rubio back, right? Or am I uh, Rubio won't be back till later in the year. I think probably December, right. January in that range. Okay, but they also have a Kevin Love, so they have a, a strong team here to be a top six seed in the Eastern Conference, a stacked Eastern Conference at that. Because I think I had a harder time with the Eastern Conference in the West. If I'm, if I'm not. If I'm if I'm being honest with you, man, like, uh, well, you know, that's what I said. Like at the where I had a hard time with the West was at the top of the West, whereas in the in the East, I kind of had a relatively easy at least picking the the top three was was simple for me. It was as we go down the East, man, does it get? It, it is very difficult, and you'll see as we talk about these teams just how much depth and balance and kind of uh, versatility there is in a number of these teams that could be anywhere from home court advantage to out of the playoffs, or you know. Um, so that's where I had a lot of difficulty, but like you said, uh, it, that kind of proved for more difficulty because there's more teams in that range in the West. Once I kind of settled on, on who I was going to have to go with reluctantly, almost at the top, it was easier to shake out the rest of the Western conference. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know, man, with the East, I can I sat there, I think the longest trying to figure out who goes where, because yeah. man, like the first top eight teams, like. There's at least you can argue there's nine teams that deserve to be in the playoffs, right? And one of those teams are going to get bounced in the first round. Yep, which is crazy to think. Which yep. is crazy to think they're going to get bounced in the playing tournament. But we'll go in there. So where, where where do you stand with Cleveland here in terms of like tentatively where where do we leave them? Uh, like you said, the upgrades are big. Uh, you know, adding Donovan Mitchell is like on a, on a team that's intact otherwise from last year and was so good already. To add a player like Donovan Mitchell, a big-time performer, a big-time scorer, you know, uh, somebody who can who can really shoulder the entire offense if you need him to for a while, um, 
that is that's a huge move. They've got players like Dean Wade is is really good. He's back. Dylan Windler. They've got players at the end of the bench who are cool. The thing is, it's what you brought up the the three spot, the small forward, um, Isaac Okoro or Karis Levert. And what surprised me a little bit is that they're going to be starting Karis Levert. I don't know if you heard that news. That's kind of concerning to me because I would think that Karis Levert is not... He doesn't bring the defense that you think he wants at that Not only the defense, but he's a player who needs the ball in his hands. Why would you start him with Garland and and Mitchell? I just don't get it. Like, you don't want him taking touches away, uh, even from Mobley, you know? And yet... I would thought I would have thought he's perfect off the bench, and you want Okoro to come in and bring that that defense and kind of you know three point shooting from the corners and and you know pitch in and cut cuts and whatnot, kind of like Javante on the Bulls. Um, so maybe they're maybe they're taking a Patrick Williams sort of tack with him, where it's like okay, we're gonna start you with the bench unit, see what you can do, and then once you're once we're sure you're comfortable and can handle it, we'll put you with the starting group. And they they just want him coming off the bench, so there's not too much. Uh, kind of going back and forth with the starting unit. It does concern me a bit, though, that they pick Karis LeVert to start, who's a good player, but just doesn't seem to have the right fit with the rest of the starting lineup that I I would choose or that you would choose from what you know what you said. So, But yeah, I think otherwise, they're very deep. That's really the only position of concern to me. That makes them a clear fourth, uh, you know, fourth in the standings, home court advantage team. True, true, true. Um, I don't know, man. Karis LeVert just right now with the current, the way this team is currently constructed just kind of feels like the ideal six man com- scoring yeah. punch coming off the bench. hundred percent. He's, he's their Jordan Poole. He's their Jordan Clarkson. Right. Uh, I, I don't, well, we'll leave him at four and then we'll move on from there and then continue on. Right. right. Toronto Raptors. Uh, I love this team. They're, yeah. they're like. Another Chicago Bulls in terms of the way they play, the way the team's constructed. I love them tremendously. Yeah, I, they're, however, they're also well coached, <laughs> well coached, exactly. And I'm not just giving them uh, like a lot of love and praise here and gassing them up because we're going to have Wednesday Night Wallop and they're Toronto, <laughs> they're Canadian, so they're obviously they're Toronto fans. So no, we're it's we're not favoriting. You know those them. Canadians are very sensitive to slights, man. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see, but. I don't know, man. They're another team that's like they could be top six. They can go all the way to eighth. What are your thoughts on the Raptors right here, man? So I, I'm with you on them. Like again, all the teams in the middle, I think, can can reasonably be argued to be anywhere, you know, from top, you know, in in that fourth seed with home court advantage potentially, all the way down to like you know play in tournament. And uh, Toronto, I think, you know, their additions. They added uh, the the former Bull uh, Otto Porter, former now defending world champion, uh, you know, from the Warriors. Bulls legend, um, yeah, Bulls NBA legend, champion Otto Porter. Yeah, they've got the other uh, Bulls legend and Thad Young as well. So, oh, bro, Magic uh, Johnson, Magic <laughs> Johnson, and you know they've got a a good long team with a lot of athleticism, a lot of versatility. Uh, all players around six six to six nine. Precious mm-hmm. Achua could have a big year. Um, again, like we talked about earlier, they're well coached. They had a strong end of the season last year. Uh, I am picking them, however, for what may disappoint your your upcoming guest. I'm picking them at eight. At eight, okay. Interesting. I Interesting. mean, because if you look at them, there's no like I, I don't know. Pascal is really great, but he's kind of struggled to get back to the heights he was at when that first uh, and when they won their championship with Kawhi. I do think mm-hmm. he'll have a better year, but part of their versatility could hurt them. I mean, it's kind of 
you know, between like Scotty Barnes and, uh, and, and Achua and Pascal and God, I'm forgetting like five other players, including their small forward who I want the Bulls to steal somehow. OG Ananobi. Thank you. OG Ananobi. <laughs> I mean, really good talent, but it kind of leads to a bit of a, uh, roster confusion, right? And the players who are out of the mix could, could pout. There could be issues. Uh, there's also like a lack of size there because of that. Like yes. in the middle, they have great size along the perimeter and the wings. They can disrupt passing lanes like they did against the Bulls and did for a lot of teams throughout the end of last year. But it does leave them a bit more vulnerable in the middle um, to some bully ball or to being out rebounded uh, potentially by certain teams. I, I don't know. I just kind of going off a feeling here, man. Looking at the other teams, the fact that they're so close, uh, I, I'm just picking them at eighth based on how well the other um contenders for these playoff spots are going to shake out and again let's not let's not get it twisted there is definitely hometown bias uh, affecting this range a hundred percent a hundred percent like the thing i'll say about the toronto raptors yes there's a like a size issue that you could maybe say could be a problem but in the regular season is it really that much of an issue and if you look between all these teams we currently have talked about I like the Raptors more than the Heat. I believe in the Raptors more than the Heat to have a stronger regular season. But that's just me. You know, that based just based on their rosters, like if you just told me these teams absent of context, I kind of I definitely agree with you. Like Miami seems so much thinner than Toronto. It's just the fact that I consistently underestimate Miami. They always outperform expectations. <laughs> and uh the the job that like Jimmy Butler's like Jordan-esque competitiveness, Spolstra's coaching and bam. I, that's the only reason I'm giving them the edge over Toronto. Honestly, I agree with you. If you were to just look at rosters and, and players, uh, I would I would pick Toronto. I'd rather have their team, and, I, and I'm kind of brighter on them, even not just their future, but even for this year. I just chalk it up to, you know, past – like performance, what they what these teams have done and the way Miami's performed. It's the only reason I give them that nod. Okay. Uh let's let's pivot here. I was the next team we were supposed to talk about is the Nets, but I kind of want to go ahead and just go quickly and just knock off some of these like lower seat teams. Yeah. Uh Charlotte Hornets, I have them as the last. I think they're gonna have the worst record of the season. Lamelo Ball is already injured. They don't have much of anything. Gordon Hayward's haircut is terrible. I think that <laughs> alone is going to warrant them to be in the sweepstakes for the with with Victor Wembanyama's sweepstakes. You've seen Hayward with uh with pretty good hair throughout his career. Maybe he stays oh. healthier with the bad hair. You don't know. I don't know, man. Well, do you know? To be fair, he had a terrible haircut in his early yep. Utah you know days. What? That's true. He did. He had a terrible. He looked like yeah, he had a bowl yeah. cut, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. Okay, so for right now, I have him last. Uh, next team on that that list is the Indiana Pacers, and this is also going to be indicative of the fact that if they tr- actually pull the trigger on the Buddy Heald and Miles Turner trade, which I think they will and should, uh, especially towards the trade deadline, which will help them be one of the worst teams. See, the, the, I I actually have them as the worst team in in okay. my opinion in in the East. I'll swap it. I, I had cause... Charlotte. I had Charlotte a little higher just because I think they do have enough talent. Again, LaMelo Ball's injury concerns you. They no longer have uh, Miles Bridges for the year. Um, uh, no, but... I think he's gone, period. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he may he may get his entire future. But at least for this season, like, there's no Miles Bridges. Um, they, they're they an iffy team. I kind of feel, though, that 
Ball's talent and Hayward is good enough that he, if he does play, that does help them. They do with PJ Washington and, and other players up and down their roster. They do have a bit more talent, I think, than the other teams. And like you said, Indiana with Turner and Heald in particular uh, could pivot. The only question is when do they do that? How long does that take, right? Because Miles mm-hmm. Turner is, can drive a pretty good defense almost all on his own. But oh, I yeah. do because they do have the incentive to kind of tank also and and, and to trade. Uh, trade their players as soon as possible as soon as a reasonable offer comes up that's why i would put them last i had charlotte kind of third from the bottom but there's not much separating these teams and i think uh the fact that charlotte isn't trying to tank and indiana is is kind of makes a big difference there to me yeah uh next two teams we're just gonna throw them on the bottom here and then we'll readjust them yeah Yeah. detroit pistons and orlando magic out of these next two teams i think orlando match is probably going to have the better record because they have a lot more guys they have they have uh, wendell carter jr they have paulo bancaro they have franz wagner they have cole anthony they have plenty of guys on that team that just makes you think they're going to win a few games here and they still right. got Jaden Suggs, who likes to drive in the tight basket and give them both trouble they a, yeah they got a, quite a bit of talent um mobamba <laughs> mobamba's <laughs> yeah. on the team <laughs> yeah, Wendell Carter, Mobamba, r- really like uh, uh, what the rookie is 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 doing so far out there. Uh, they've got, you know, with like you said, Cole Anthony, and they'll have faults. And I, I think the team is is pretty deep, e- even if they're not particularly uh, a standout at any one position or in mm-hmm. their starting group. They're deep enough. Franz Wagner really impressed last year. Um, so I, I kind of have them just. I think they'll be the surprise team in the East out of those teams that are. You know, there's always a team that that should suck and then doesn't, right? right? And for me in the East, my pick is the Orlando Magic for that team. I have them just outside the play-in, um, so falling at 11th. Okay, all right. That, all right we'll see as we talk about the other teams. We'll see. Let's how put that them at 11 right now. Let's put them at yeah, 11. Sure. Detroit. I have them just slightly above uh, uh, Charlotte, just because if I'm Charlotte, I'm telling Lamelo, you take your time, bro. If you want to take the whole season. This would be and the time to do it. Yeah. This would be the time to do it. And look, they got Kate Cunningham. They have Jaden Ivey. They have they have plenty of guys on that team. I think this is like a top, like pick your pick your poison toss. Like, do you think do you think Lamelo is going to play? Do you think he's not going to play? The right. impact of a Kate Cunningham. That that's really what you see here. Like, because Detroit really went all in. This they just picked up man Boyan Bogdanovich for freaking nothing. Which yeah, God damn, why couldn't the Bulls have done that? That really <laughs> pissed me off. But oh um, my god, yeah, no, that they're they're certainly they have talent. Um, and even with the uh, uh, the trades they made, they still have uh, a lot of young talent talent coming up. And you think that they will? You know, you swung me a bit because I do think Charlotte is a bit um, thin as, yes. as you go down their roster. And Detroit could certainly finish above them. I think uh, we'll go ahead with your ranking there and, and keep them ahead of Charlotte. That's that's fair. Also, too, what you really have to sit here and consider is the fact that if Lamelo is out injured, and they they might pull the trigger on a uh, uh, Terry Rozier trade. I don't know why I drew a blank on his name. No, I I blanked on his name earlier too because I was trying to remember. It. I know it wasn't uh, Devonte, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Devonte Graham's on the yeah, on the Devontae's on the new, yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, and we go back to Detroit, man. Like, look, they got guys like a Marvin Bagley. They got have a Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, Killing Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, just to name a few. They yep. still have veterans like an Alec Burke and Nerlens Noel. Boyan, who you just talked about, Jalen Duran. 
They, yep. Corey Joseph. They have guys on this team that That's I think definitely gonna... a deeper roster than what Charlotte's posting yeah. right now. Yeah, I'm not even looking up Charlotte's roster at this point. Yeah. Uh let's look at the Washington Wizards. I man, I think they're solidified right here at number and, and number two. I thought this would be controversial because that's exactly where I have them. And and the reason is because like they should be better, right? You, you're gonna have Beal. Uh, Porzingis has looked good in Washington. You think uh, he when he played, he was still pretty good in Dallas. Uh, with Beal, like that could be a potent combination. I just don't believe in them, man. I don't believe no. Beal will play as much. I don't believe Porzingis will stay healthy for enough of the year. I don't think like up and down the roster, players like Rui Hachimura um, will have shown enough. Um, I like that they picked up, uh, I believe it was Monte Morris. Monte uh, Morris, yeah. Will Barden from right, Denver. From Denver in that trade. But I, I think as the year goes on, this is a team that's going to hit road bumps and is going to see themselves pretty low in the standings and may just tank. Yeah, uh, I mean, they do have Bulls veteran Taj Gibson on there, so he might will them to uh, a few does, extra wins. That does hurt me. I wish we had Taj Gibson, but maybe we'll have him by the end of the year. We'll see. Hopefully. Let's talk about them, man. I, I know we've been dreading that for a while now. New York Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you want to talk about the Knicks? <laughs> Where were your thoughts on the Knicks, man? Shout out to Derrick Rose and Jalen and Jalen Brunson. Shout Bing out, bong, yo. Uh, um, the Knicks will be are my tenth seed as well. So I have them making the play-in tournament. Um, you know, they did pick up, you know, my one of my favorite, you know, hometown guys in Jalen Brunson. Um, they've got they've got good they've got good players, and then they also picked up the guy I wanted our hometown team to get in Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah. Um, Kind of a tricky fit there, but I think in in uh, the Thibodeau kind of defensive system, he will shine when given a chance to play, and I think Thibodeau will want to play him. Uh, so yeah, that's why I have them. They're clearly outside of the bottom. They have enough talent mm-hmm. to not be at the bottom, but I, again, they're one of those teams that doesn't quite make it into the rest of that middle, right? Everybody mm-hmm. else that we're ranking from like four through nine, we would not be shocked if they got home court advantage in the East, I would say. Um, yeah. But the Knicks would shock me if they got home court advantage. So that places them just outside that group. I don't think they'll be a top six team. I think no. if they're lucky, their highest bet is to be a playing team. If, I, they, I think, if they're lucky, they're the eight seed. I think, lucky, yeah, right. I think they're a playing team. Like they're a solid, like right at the edge of the play and at 10. And then if one or two things goes wrong with another team or two, whether it's Atlanta or the Bulls or Toronto, then yeah, they could be an eight seed. But that's like best case scenario to me. All right, let's uh, talk about Atlanta. They made another big splash in the offseason. They traded for your guy, uh, DeJounte Murray. They're going to pair him up in the backcourt with a Trey Young. That should be interesting to see. They, if if I'm not mistaken, they extended uh, DeAndre uh, DeAndre Hunter. I think they just did. Yes. Yeah. They 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 have a they still have John Collins on the team, Clint Capella. um, Who else am I thinking of? Onyeka Okongwu. Yep, Okongwu. Yeah. The you know at some they, point the they got Bogdanovich on there as well. They got their own Bogdanovich. Yes, they have they got some the better they, Bogdanovich. So they have the better some credit. Yes. Uh, they have a lot there, man. I like the Hawks. Um, I I but I don't like them enough. Like again, it could be the hometown bias here, but I don't like them enough to like put them above a team like a Chicago Bulls or Brooklyn Nets or Miami. I mean, I, it must be hometown bias, but I can't help but agree with you. I see the rankings. Everybody else places Atlanta well ahead of Chicago from what I saw, you know, earlier. I didn't see anything recently, but you know, when preseason 
preseason rankings and whatnot were coming mm-hmm. out, podcasts from other uh, other media people. Definitely, I, I feel like they all had Atlanta or even Toronto above Chicago. I just don't see Atlanta. I, I, I like the Raptors more. And yeah, I, yeah, you know, I just um, like, yeah. The- the the one caveat I'll say is if there's no Lonzo Ball, then I can I see a world where people underestimate the Bulls and be like, oh well, Atlanta has so much better talent. I'm like, okay, right. well, look, top end talent. They're, they're top end talent. Like, look, yeah. Trey Young. Look, I think the Mar DeRozan and the Zach Levine are closer to a Trey Young than people actually want to admit. Right. Again, Reese hometown bias, sure, but Zach Levine when he's at his best. He's at the Trey Young level. If he made the All Star team I last th- year, I think over what, what, what sways people is like Trey Young is essentially an offense unto himself, right? Like you can yes. have a good offense with just Trey Young, but He's I don't Curry think that Light. necessarily makes you a better player. Like the Bulls have an offensive system, and Zach Levine is just as good, if not better, in that system. And and playing in in any number of systems, Zach Levine I think is just as productive. But no, you wouldn't just put anything around Zach Levine and be like, okay, now you have a good offense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that necessarily makes you a better player or makes that a better team. I think having Vucevic and DeMar and Zach and, you know, having shooters around them and defenders around them, I think Zach is is a killer offensively. Mm-hmm. And I would take that over running my entire offense through Trey Young every single time. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, look, man, you just look at the top three of the Bulls. The the, the Bulls' top top starting five, projective, projectively. You have Ayo DeSumo, you have Zach Levine, you have DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic, and then guys off the bench like uh, Jay, uh, like Devontae Green. Uh, and Caruso, then you also Javante, 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 yeah, Kobe yeah. White. And, and then yeah, you Kobe. look at, at Atlanta, and I don't think that, that measures up. Like You you want to sit here and tell me that DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and Clint Capella and John Collins are better than what the Bulls are going to put out at their starting lineup, even without Alonzo Ball, I, I think that's ludicrous. And again, I'm biased. I mean, even if there's an argument there, I mean, when you when you put in like, yeah, DeAndre Hunter and you know these these other guys are are okay, they're good, but I don't think there's any clear like advantage they have over the Bulls. Uh, you know, end of the starting rotation. Uh, and top of the look, bench. people were criti- critical of the DeRozan Levine pairing last year. But people aren't as critical of the Dejounte Trey Young pairing. That could I've heard some criticism. Up. I think I think there's going to be some legitimate criticism, and we'll see how that turns out. I do love Dejounte as a tall point guard, and you know runs a good pick and roll. But the pairing is a is a odd pairing, like you said. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'm going to bump them down tonight. Cool. So so far, yeah, that's where I have them, and it's it's probably controversial, but you know, yeah. Uh, obviously, we're just gonna save the Bulls for last. Uh, let's go Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I have them. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them right here at number seven for now. Um, I like I like the Nets. Like they had a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Kyrie's a uh, character. Ben Simmons is afraid of the three point line. Kevin Durant free throw wants... line every line. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there. Now he wants to be there. Doesn't like Steve Nash. Now he's okay with Steve Nash. There's a lot there, but. You take all the outside, the outside, the basketball court aspect of things. You have a Kim Durant. You have a Kyrie Irving. You have a Ben Simmons. You have a Joe Harris is coming back. They got a Royce O'Neal. They got a TJ Warren, Nick Claxton, Patty Mills. This team is deep. This team is dangerous. And you have three bona fide all-stars on that team. And you could argue that 
Kyrie and Kevin Durant fit better, or you know, or Ben Simmons fits better for that Kyrie KD trio than the James Harden did. Because defensively, he can he can like do the things that Harden can't, but also he's going to defer to both those guys willingly. Yeah, yeah. Now, and if he, uh, if, he definitely if Ben fills the hole that they you know, if Ben's willing to at least take three three point shots, do what Drummond did. Look, dude, after what I saw Drummond do, granted it was one game, and I'm still talking about it, but if Andre Drummond is unafraid to take three point shots, I need you to do that too, Ben. Come on. I mean, I think it's not even if even if he didn't take three pointers, uh, what he did so far in preseason is pretty encouraging. Just be willing to drive the ball and take shots in the yeah. lane at the rim, because with with the other guys around there, it's not Philly. You know, it's not just him and Embiid with scrubs like he's like not a primary offensive uh, scoring option. So if he just takes, you know, aggressive drives to the rim and when the pass isn't there, just takes the shot in the paint or goes for the dunk or layup. That's all they need, and he's perfectly capable of that as long as he doesn't let his free throw line issues completely invade his head space again, like he did in the playoffs the last time he was uh, he was healthy. Um, he'll be perfect there. And you know, it's funny you were listing off their players. That's exactly what I was doing when I when I was trying to put this together, prepping for the show. They list out their roster. I mean, after KD and, and Kyrie, uh, Royce O'Neal, like you said, TJ Warren, they have uh, uh, Markeith Morris, Patty Mills, they have Edmund Sumner, Cam Thomas, they have some, some David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards, Nick Claxton in the middle, uh, Utah Watanabe showed he, he could yeah. be a, a rotation player, yeah. um, De'Ron Sharp you know, it was pretty positive. I, I think they've got a lot. And even with, they do have some issues with Joe Harris and Seth Curry injured. Those were major oh, I, pieces. I didn't even list off Seth Curry. Well, um, probably for the best because he's apparently injured right now and still not back. So we'll see. It's a little concerning. Um, well, early on, yes. But right. they have Hopefully more than enough talent to on. wear. Right. Yeah, yeah. Joe but, Harris and Seth Curry are going to be crucial for this team. Dude, I right. can see a lineup where they throw out there. If they want to throw out Ben Simmons with a bunch of shooters. Yeah. You can do a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant. That's a small ball lineup that's kind of dangerous. And you can rotate a guy like a Royce O'Neal in there if you want more defense. Yeah, I think Royce O'Neal, yeah, is, is a really good pickup for that. Royce O'Neal is going to be a sneaky, underrated, good pickup for that team that yeah. we're going to be talking about at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so He's a perfect glue guy on the on the roster. Just you know, making you know, everything fit. The more I think about it, the more I want to do this and put Brooklyn as a top six seed and move Miami down to a plane, like you said at number seven. So this is where your hometown bias is showing. I have them fifth. I think they're so good that the only reason we don't have no, no, I have. Right, right now, right now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, to me, they're so good that the only reason we're not talking about them as one of those top seeds or even, you know, the reason we put Cleveland so solidly in with home court advantage is mm -hmm. because of the the short of, sort of drama that surrounded the team, right? But if you just look at the roster, granted, they're not as deep as Boston uh, or as like perfectly complementary right now as, as like Milwaukee and Philly are, um, you know, or as deep as Cleveland. But their top end talent is better than most of those teams. 
And they do have some pretty good depth that we just listed out. If Joe Harris and Seth Curry were actually healthy to start the year, mm -hmm. there could be a reasonable argument for them to break into that top three if, you know, drama doesn't get to them. We just expect there to be some drama. We expect Kyrie to miss some games. We expect, you know, KD to be rested because they're going to be most concerned with how healthy KD is come the playoffs. And we are all very, very hesitant to rely on Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons. You I know, love I got it. Before all the drama in Philly, I desperately wanted the Bulls to get him. I thought back when we had the Wendell Carter, Larry Markinen lineup, you know, with, mm -hmm. with Zach, um, I thought he would be the perfect fit, you know, as somebody yeah. to, to be the point guard. Now, He's an, he's an excellent player, an all-defensive team-level player, potentially an all-defensive player of the year the last time he was healthy. Um, he was in that conversation. We just can't count on him. We don't know what his mental state is, what his health yes. status is, how he's going to feel if the team combusts a little bit. And that's why we have them down here. But I think based on all their talent uh, at the top of the roster, I, I would say they're fifth. Okay. And last but not least, the hometown yep. team. Chicago yep. Bulls. I'm putting them at fifth yep. because I think they're going to be a playoff lock. I don't think they're going to be fiddling in the playing uh, the playing term tournament territory. The only way that happens is if Zach Levine's injury is is he's taking longer to come back from that injury, and injuries again pile up on the Bulls. I don't. I think this team is going to be sneakily good. Again, biased, and but from what I saw in preseason. You have Ayo DeSumo, who looks like he took that next level mentally. You have Alex Caruso, who's going to be healthy throughout. You have a Goran Dragic can, that can arguably like run that second unit. Andre Drummond, it's a huge upgrade over what the fuck we had in Jason Thompson. <laughs> what and, the fuck we had is exactly what we should have called him. Don't even mention him by his name. Yeah. Uh, you have Javante. You have Dale and Terry still like you, Kobe White. We we haven't even talked about Kobe White. You know he's going to be coming into a contract year, looking to improve, uh, prove that he deserves that high contract, that max contract, that big yep. money contract. You know, from a, either bit the a, Bulls. a bit of a spoiler for our Bulls uh, preview pod, but uh, something I, I didn't even have a chance to bring up when we were talking about them is he was one of my underrated highlights of the preseason for the Bulls. I think uh, he he's. A very solid, you know, coming off the bench two guard, basically combo yeah. guard. And I think he's going to have a very good year. He was healthy going into this year. He's going to be much better than people. He, people are very down on him and, and for some good reason. But I think he's going to he's going to have a really good year for him. Right. So, I, look, this may, like I said, this may feel like hometown bias. Let me uh, just pick up Benny real quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Give him a helping hand. But yeah. I, I think consistently between the Nets and the Bulls, the Heat, the Raptors. I like the Bulls more in terms of consistency. Maybe Toronto a little bit more in Miami, but I don't know, man. This this is just kind of where I, I, I stand on things. And the more I look at this, the more I kind of just want to do this and move Toronto to seven, move Miami down to eight. Wow. And yeah. Yeah, man. I know. I know. But this is kind of where I, 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 I stand. That's where, Bolstra, Butler, Bam, like uh... – of constantly being mis uh, or underestimated, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh, maybe that's me hoping that by underestimating them, they actually overachieve. Because we'll <laughs> again, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami's like has home court it, it come April. So that right, so no slight against them. Right, like um, we said, anyone from four from four through nine would not be completely shocking. No, uh, that's how that's how stacked the Eastern Conference is this year. Mm -hmm. Um. 
anything you see here, like obviously, I don't, I don't think anything. So other from I, like I, I am. So this is where we do have differences, obviously. Whenever we talk, and that's why our Bulls podcast really go really good. I think uh, we have a you have a slightly more optimistic bent, and I have a slightly more <laughs> fatalistic. Outlook usually, yes. I'm always looking at like, oh God, that defense is going to be terrible. Uh, you know, uh, the ball movement isn't there, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just. Uh, I'm I want to put the balls with home court. I want to give them the fourth. Dude, I, w- I would love to give them home court. I kind I have a like, uh, you know, slight feeling that they could definitely get there. And I'm a huge fan of of Zach Levine. I think he's gonna have a great year. I just mm-hmm. see the roster deficiencies, and I see the 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 competition with KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn with Ben Simmons, and then with uh, Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, and Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland with the depth that they have. Right. I just can't see the Bulls. You know, I okay. think it's it's entirely possible the Bulls finish above Brooklyn. I think it's very difficult to pick them above Brooklyn with KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons all playing right now. The way I think about it, it's not in terms of, like, ranking them in terms of teams. I'm ranking them in terms of overall uh, record at the end of True. the year. And this is the way my rankings are going. Right. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, like, a Cleveland be a top three, top two, top four. Like, oh yeah, that, I mean, that, obviously these rankings are are projections, and then if you, you don't know what's going to happen during the season, any you know injury regression, um, roster turmoil, and all of a sudden one of those top three seeds is is knocked down a bit. For sure. So okay, I, I like. I think I'm just going to take an executive decision. I, no, for, I, for for your purposes, I say let's let's do this for the purposes of this podcast because we're mm-hmm. going to have a Chicago Bulls preview pod. We'll hash this out. We'll have a win prediction there and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, keep keep them there. I think we both have right. our thoughts uh, on how this is going to shake out. Uh, I think it's a bit optimistic and wishful, but <laughs> let's. I'll, I'll go with it, man. I uh, I don't think it's out of the question. I think it's entirely right. possible. So. I mean, and, and look, with Brooklyn, they could end up all the way up to fourth or third. But Honestly, they also... I really wish your your pick here goes true because in my ranking, they would have to play the Bucks again in the first round, and that would be a disaster. No, I, I think regardless of if they get the fifth seed or sixth seed, I think they match up with Cleveland in the first round this year, and they upset Cleveland. That's entirely possible. Yeah. It's, I don't think, possible for them to beat the Bucks. So. <laughs> All right. Well... I think uh, I think we're just gonna wrap things up. Just a quick uh, rundown. Uh, we got Philly at number one. We got Boston number two. We got Milwaukee at three. We got Cleveland at four. Chicago at five. Brooklyn at six. Toronto at seven, and Miami at number eight to round up the playoff teams. And then after that, we have Atlanta at nine. New York. At 10, Knicks finishing up that that play in tournament, you know, and securing then, uh, that illustrious play in tournament spot. We have Orlando at eleven, Washington. My surprise Wizards. pick, my surprise contender. I think they'll be contending for a play in spot oh, much yes. later into the year than people yes. expect. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. You have Washington at twelve, just only on the Bradley Beal factor, and just because I thought I think Kyle just Kuzma's, the Wizards general wizardness. Yeah, man. yeah. Detroit at thirteen. Charlotte, with all the injuries, especially the one to uh, Lamelo, no Miles Bridges, still don't have a center that we can think of that can give them a solid 20, 30 minutes. So they're at 14. And then Indiana at 15 because I think they're going to start like doing the fire cell and unloading guys like Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Heels. But it's it all really going to depend on if and when they unload those guys. Right, because they definitely have talent until that happens. They, they have talent. So, yeah. you know. For sure. It, once, so, uh, they, once they unload some of some of those veteran um, mainstays, then yeah, then the, they'll probably fall further faster. 
for sure. All right. Well, Bosh, uh, I think I'm good, man. Uh, we're going to call this an episode and uh, yeah. we'll be back with the Western Conference predictions. Uh, once again, you can find, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SES Vince. Bosh, they can find you at System Lord without the E on Instagram, correct? Correct. All right. So uh, for SES Vince and Basharat, this has been the Straight Talk Podcast. We'll catch you guys in a sec. Later, y'all. Peace.